Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 155 of Dogcast Radio. In this show you'll hear an in-depth interview with Pamela Dennison about reactivity and aggression in dogs. Pam is a dog trainer whose passion is making training clear and fun to the dog. She's a member of the Association of Professional Dog Trainers, the Dog Writers Association of America, and is a certified animal behavior consultant with the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. She's the author of five books and has made four DVDs, more of which later. I started by asking her how common a problem reactivity and aggression are. You know, it's a really good question, and I think it's actually more common than we know because a lot of people don't do anything about it, or they think that they can't do anything about it, or they just dump the dog in the shelter. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a lot more common than we think. Yeah, yeah. It is one of those issues. I mean, we we have three dogs. Two are um, very placid. Um, and the third, because of his background and the fact that he sort of, he was, he was on a farm for six months and, you know, he, he has been quite reactive. And it is, okay. it's something that, as an owner, it, it's shocking. You, you sort of think, why is my dog doing this? It, it is quite a, you know, you, you can tend to feel, feel ashamed almost, can't you, as an owner? Yeah, and yeah, a lot of people um, they think that it's a reflection of themselves. If their dog is reacting badly, then they think that people will think it's either their fault or that again it reflects badly on them, um, or they go into denial and think that well, there's nothing wrong, and because they don't want to face that there might be something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, you have your own um, personal experience of this, don't you? Because your dog, Shadow, um, yeah. was, was uh, human aggressive, wasn't he? Yes, he was human aggressive. Mm. And I got him when he was a uh, year old. And the rescue group uh, lied about him and said he was fine. Mm. All that needed to be done was to take him away from his previous owner, and he would be fine. Well, you know, they lied. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going to return him. I'll be honest. I Within two weeks, I was going to return him, and then I decided to keep him and work him, work it, work it through, you know, see it to the very end, and I did. Yeah, yeah. And, and you were successful with him? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. He, he had all of the warning signs. All of the calming signals had been punished out of him. Mm. And the last couple of years of his life, he got them all back. Mm. Now, he had them with other dogs, you know, so he knew his own language with other dogs. He did not know his own language. It's not that he didn't know it. He was too scared to use his own language with humans. Yeah, yeah. That's so sad, isn't so, it? Yeah, it was very, very sad. Um, but he got his language back, and he he was fabulous. He got he got agility titles, rally titles, competition obedience, um, tracking, canine water sport. So you know he had he had a very full life. Yeah, yeah. Well, th thank goodness he he found you. You were obviously the right person to to uh, sort of have the answer to his problem. 
Yeah. I'll ask you you a, um, a, a fairly a, a trigger question now kind of thing. But can reactivity or aggression be cured then? No. I don't believe that it can be cured. Mm-hmm. I believe it can be managed and trained, but I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't have called Shadow cured. Yeah. Even though, I mean, you know, a few months before he passed, I had a friend come over and I asked him if, you know, you want to meet Shadow. And he's like, sure, because he has an aggressive dog himself and he comes to me for training. So he mm. was thrilled to meet Shadow. And, you know, Shadow ran right up to him and sat on his foot and put his back to the guy and said, yeah, you can pet me. Mm-hmm. So, but would I still have called that cured? No. No, no. So, so it, um, you, you have to be aware of it. Absolutely, yeah. You have to learn to be aware of your environment at all times and of your dog at all times and be almost able to be your dog, you know, to, be, to, to feel what they're feeling and so that it's just so natural to you to be able to see and read and react if you need to anything your dog might be feeling and yeah. that that takes a long time to develop because it's it's really building a very strong relationship with your dog yeah you have to be very much in tune with them then don't you very very much yeah okay so the kind of you know when, when we talk about a reactive or an aggressive dog what kind of behavior mm-hmm. are, are we talking about there Pam what what, what behavior are we going to see you know, that's a really good question, and there's no pat answer. So what I tell people, because there's, real no, there's really no definition out there for reactive and aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I'm made up my own, and, this, and, and I don't, you know, push it on to anybody else or say, well, this is the definition of reactivity, and this is the def- definition of aggression. Mm-hmm. This is just how I personally define it, you know, with my own clients. Reactivity is a dog that reacts maybe by barking or lunging or whining or running away, but won't bite. Mm -hmm. To me, an aggressive dog will bite. Yeah. So that's how I personally separate the two. A reactive dog, an aggressive dog may react the same way, but the aggressive dog will actually bite. Yeah. Yeah. And the reactive dog won't. I mean, there's, you know, there's so many other behaviors that the dog may, may show, you know, one versus the other. But the defining moment for me is an aggressive dog will, will bite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, are we talking about sort of nervous behavior or backing away or, or growling? Or is this just sort of, is it too wide to, to categorize? All of those things, absolutely. Yeah. It can be all of those things. It can be it can be growling. It can be growling and backing away. It can be very submissive type behaviors, you know, tail talking and shrinking and head turning and and all of that kind of thing. Um, it can be shaking. Um, you know, there's there's so many. I mean there's there's about fifty signals that dogs give off that we can perceive as humans. There's a lot more that dogs do that we can't perceive. Um, but the ones that we can see, there's about 50 signals. Wow. And, and it depends It depends on the situation, mm. you know, and, and 
But I would say, yeah, if your dog is backing up and growling, well, then, st- or, or any one of those things, stop approaching. Mm. You know, and, and, and stop, um, stop ignoring what I call the whispers. Yeah. So, for instance, in body language, I kind of have them separated out. Um, you know, whispers, talking, yelling, screaming. Yeah. And so, like, the little whispers, like a little lip lick or a blink or a, a slight head turn or a head dip, you know, any one of the, any one of the 50 signals that are, are small, they're just really tiny, like, wow, did I even see that? Mm. To me, those are whispers. If you respect the whispers, and in other words, get the dog out of the situation when they're giving those signals, then they'll only have to use whispers. But if you ignore them, then they'll start talking. And yeah. so the signals will be larger. And if those are ignored or punished, then they'll start yelling. Mm-hmm. So then they'll start really doing, you know, a lot of proactive, like they will, you know, they'll start to offer these behaviors first. They'll start growling, you know, before something comes toward them. Yeah. They'll start growling or showing teeth. You know that kind of thing, and mm. if those signals are ignored or punished, then they'll just then they'll just bite, which is where Shadow was. Yeah, you know all of these signals had been punished out of him, so he just bit people mm. with no warning. But yeah. even the, even the no warning, there actually was warning. It took me about three months to find his precursors to biting, mm. and he would stiffen up just. But it was hard to see because he was hairy. He was a border collie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a little hard to see, but he'd stiffen up just a hair, and his pupils would become really huge, Mm. really fast. And that's when I knew that he was going to, that he was going to pop off. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, I got smarter and uh, faster at reading him, so then it got to the point where, you know, we didn't have any. We didn't have any events. Yeah, yeah. But of course, that's when when you're the person sort of standing beside or just behind the dog with the dog on lead. That the, the, right. you know, you can see them stiffen, and I I, I know what you mean because I've had that with my border collie, and I just in, in, initially I thought he's being good. He's just standing still, and I didn't recognise it as a freeze. And it wasn't until right. I you know Absolutely. yeah, it wasn't until I I thought re- recognised he was actually going into a freeze. And at that point, you kind of go, okay, we'll move away from this now. Um, but certainly the pupil thing, that's a really hard thing to record, to, to see and to realize that's going on, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I, and I think that's fabulous that you said that because I actually have an exercise, which is absolutely impossible to explain hmm. um, over the phone. But it's a fabulous exercise that I do in my, pet cl- in my uh, aggressive dog classes. To read your dog from behind, mm. and it's basically it's, it's based on uh, sheep herding, actually. Yeah, where you, you walk up, lie down, walk up, lie down, that kind of thing. Mm. You know, okay, you know, approach the flock, lie down. Okay, approach the flock, lie down. So the handler's behind the dog, mm. so they have to learn how to read that dog. And obviously, we're not using sheep. We're using actually piles of cookies. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, yeah, walk up, lie down. So it gets them to learn 
because they're used to listening to you when they're in heel position, at least the way I teach, you know, aggressive dogs. I teach a, a very strong heel. Um, but, you know, so we're used to listening to them, uh, reading them, and they're used to listening to us when they're next to us or in front of us, facing us. But when the dog is facing away from you, that's where it kind of falls apart. Mm. So it, it exactly what you described. So I actually do have exercises that teach the handlers because, like, I find I can be behind with the handler, and I know when that dog is going to charge the cookies. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? And and yet the owner can't see it. It's like so we have to do it again and again. It's like, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? So again, it 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 almost becomes a feel, and I can pretty much feel anybody's dog. Yeah, yeah. So not just not just shadow, of course, but. You know, I mean, once in a while, yeah, I'll make a mistake, but but pretty much I can I can feel other dogs. Mm, yeah, you you mentioned your classes, and I have to say, so many times I'm interviewing someone, and I think I do wish I lived nearer to you so that I could come to your classes because it does sound brilliant. Yeah. That's- yeah, that's that's what I need with uh, with Rusty. But um, you, I, we're talking today about your DVD, your training DVD, um, aggression management using positive reinforcement techniques, uh, which has had a nomination for a, a best training DVD from the DWAA, uh, which is brilliant. Congratulations! Um, Thank you. And, and I know that you you've developed many strategies from, from obviously from shadow, but also from working with your many clients. Um, yeah. And you've developed the reward zone, haven't you? So tell us about that. Yeah, well, the reward zone, that is the name of the DVD. Mm-hmm. And it stands for uh, realizing excellence with attention, redirection, and desensitization. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what my program is. It's about teaching Solid foundation skills, but not just skills for the dog, skills for the handler as yes. well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I don't just work with the dog. I work with the handler. Yeah. And, and if you only work with the bottom half of the leash, you're not going to get what you need. Um, so I work with the top half of the leash as well. And, you know, with attention, so that dog just will not take his eyes off of you. Um, redirection, again, for uh, uh, behavior strategies for the dog, but also for the handler. And, of course, the desensitization process, which is, you know, having them uh, start first, you know, where, where you start like, okay, where's, where's, your, where's your dog's comfort zone? So let's say that's 100 feet away from whatever it is, whatever they're provoking stimuli are. Mm. So, okay, so let's start at 100 feet. And now let's have some fun with your dog and let's train your dog and let's do some shaping with your dog and let's teach your dog to track and let's do all this fun stuff. And then, okay, now let's move. Okay, good at 100 feet. Now let's go to 98 feet and keep doing fun things. And then 95 feet and then 90 feet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the while having fun, all the while keeping your dog occupied. Now, we're not, it's not like we're asking the dog to put blinders on. Yes, yeah. Because that's not what we're looking for here. But what we want to do is have such a good relationship that your dog will learn to trust you. Yeah. Because that's really an enormous part of this, is that your dog learns to trust you because you're keeping them safe. 
And yeah. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started working just a couple weeks ago with a dog who is four years old and who has been attacked by, I, I lost count, how many dogs and cats hmm. that this dog has been attacked by. Crikey. And at this point, he is now, instead of only attacking, uh, only aggressing at dogs who come into his space, he's now going out of his comfort zone to attack other dogs. Mm. Okay, so there's no trust between the dog and the handler because, you know, the handler was allowing um, people to get in her dog's face and then stringing her dog up, okay, and punishing. So, yeah, so now this dog is becoming extremely proactive. So what we're doing, obviously, is we're working on trust uh, trust, uh, skills for the dog, but also trust for the for the owner as well because the owner needs to learn to trust him he needs to learn to trust her and she needs to learn to protect him mm-hmm. because she has not been protecting him at all yeah so that that's a huge huge part and I talk about uh, some of that in the DVD as well mm. Um, we were doing we were doing pass bys and stuff like that. It's like no, move away. Let your dog know that you're going to protect him. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I mean, if you if if you're frightened of something, whether you're a human or a dog, if you feel protected, that allows you to relax. Whereas if you think I'm going to get got here by whatever it is that you feel threatened by, you you can't relax and sort of. Think about something else. So that is a huge part of it, isn't it? Yes, it really, really is. And I'm seeing that more and more. You know, the more dogs I work with, and the more I was seeing something that was missing, and then I was I was able to define it, which to me is this trust and will you protect me. Mm-hmm. And in other words, from the dog asking, asking the owner, are you going to protect me or do I have to protect myself? Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times I also see that people become, and I don't even know how to word this any better, but people become victims. Hmm. And in other words, they let things happen to them and their dog. Instead of being proactive, they're reactive. Hmm. And so that's also part of what I teach um, the uh, the owners is to be proactive, and again, and that's to look at your environment, be able to analyze it instantly, and react appropriately, all in a split second. Yeah, yeah, it's it is hard work, isn't it? Because you do have to. It's 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 kind of constant vigilance, Harry Potter style. But it's kind of you have to be aware. You have to keep mm-hmm. on top of it and manage it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing that I see breaks down quite a bit is that people are not, they're not on their game. They're not watching, they're not thinking, they're not concentrating. And, you know, it's, and, and I know it's hard because, you know, you didn't get this dog because you wanted an aggressive dog. You know, you got this dog because you wanted a nice pet dog that you could take everywhere and do everything with. And, and guess what? Sometimes that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. 
So, and it, and it did. It took me a long time. It takes a long time to stop making mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes people will ask me, well, how long is this going to take? And I say, well, it depends on how many mistakes you keep making. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the mistakes are, you know, again, not watching your environment, not having a skill set for you and the dog, um, and not setting your dog up to be right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you said something very interesting about the, the, the owner having to trust the dog. And right. it, that's an interesting thing, because I think when your when your dog does, you know, react or if if it spills into, you know, aggression, you do lose trust in that dog and you do kind of think you've let me down. And is this going to happen again? And that yeah. is, is really hard to get back. And yet it is a crucial part, isn't it? It is. And part of um, what I define as trust is that, and this is going to sound hokey, but it's really true. Dogs can read our thoughts and feel our body tensions. Mm, mm. And if we are tight and hold our breath and stiffen up and, you know, yeah. do that, that terror breath thing... Yeah. Um, and if we're afraid, if we're, think about this, if you're afraid, what picture are you going to have in your head? What thoughts are you going to have in your head? Mm. Are you going to mm. have fearful thoughts in your head of what the dog might do? Or are you going to have thoughts of what, you know, a positive picture as opposed to a negative picture? Mm. Mm. So to me, that's part of it as well. Because if you've got that trust, if you trust your dog enough to have a positive picture, the dog will be like, oh, okay, then I'll do that. Mm. And I'll give you an example. So we were doing pass-bys, and this one dog, his name was Elvis, and he had been doing really, really good. I mean, I was just like, wow, you're doing a fabulous job, buddy. And so we're doing pass-bys, and all of a sudden, he left his owner and launched himself at me and my dog, Bo, who was a neutral dog. And so I instantly moved away. And so I asked the owner, I said, I said, what were you just thinking? What was just, what thoughts were just in your head? And she's like, well, I thought I was afraid that he was going to attack Bo. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, there you have it. There's your answer. So what I want you to do is just go off. I want just, just move over a few feet. And close your eyes and do some yoga breath and put in some positive thoughts in your head of what you want the dog to do, not what you don't want them to do because then they'll do it because they don't understand, you know, they don't hear the don't. They just see, you know, you have scary pictures in your mind and they'll, they'll be like, oh, okay, I guess that's what you want. So she got some good pictures in her head and we did it again and he never did, he never launched himself at any of my dogs again. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it is incredible the, the difference that the handler makes because with Rusty, I am dreadful for sort of doing exactly what you said, the tension and the, the breath and you go, oh, something's going to kick off, you know, it's going to happen now. Whereas my husband is much more laid back and go, no, I, I can, you know, we'll, we'll handle this. And Rusty reacts differently, you know, in a situation mm-hmm. with him than me. So absolutely, you know, spot on. Yeah, yeah. So that's also part of the trust and training is, is 
getting your thoughts in line so that you're sending the dog the right pictures. Uh, uh. You know, and learning to relax yourself and learning to relax your body and relax your mind and breathe. And hyperventilating is not breathing. No, no. So, I mean, you've talked now about sort of we need a, a positive attitude, a positive approach. And I do, I do believe that dogs do rise to our expectations when, you know, when you, you, you think, you know, I really need you to do this. I'm seeing this. They, they do do that. They do respond to that. But um, what, what shouldn't we do, Pam? Because it is a really difficult situation to be in if you have a reactive dog or an, even an aggressive dog. What shouldn't we do? Well, we shouldn't use punitive methods. No chokes, no prongs, no head halters, no shock collars, no popping, jerking, hitting, kicking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Because none of that will help. All of that will make it worse. Mm. Um, I, I, I most, not most, but quite a few of my, my clients come to me after having tried all those things. And they're like, well, you know, we've been doing this, 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 and this. And I'll say, okay, and how's that working for you? <laughs> and they're like, it's not. It's getting worse. I'm like, well, there you have it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the punishment has to stop. Because the punishment, I believe that that's coming from a, a, a bad human spot where you're embarrassed by your dog be, dog's behavior. So you feel the need to hit the dog, not for the dog's sake, but for the other person that might be watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Look, I am doing something. Right, yeah. Look, I am doing something. Of course, it's all the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and, you know, we humans are, you know, we're pretty violent. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we think that hitting is the answer for everything, and it's not. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of times people don't see that. They just keep doing the same things again and again and again. And they don't see that they're not getting a different result. Uh, they honestly don't. They just don't even see it unless somebody can point it out. Like, well, have you noticed that the dog's actually getting worse? No, I didn't notice that. Or sometimes they're just incapable. Yeah. Of, yeah. of changing. Um, I have another uh, new student who is, she's one of the, you know, you can't even get near her dog, and her dog is fine. Um, but the minute you put him on leash, she is dragging and popping and jerking this dog all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm still working on it, and hopefully we'll be able to get her out of that, but, uh, but she's going to ruin this dog. Yeah, yeah. Because every time somebody comes near... She does the, and she jerks on the leash, you know, yanks him back, and then he actually, then he, then he, then he lunges and growls. Mm. He wasn't going to do that before. Yeah. Yeah. So again, yeah, you need to read the situation and and behave appropriately. Um, I I was fascinated with the video, the, the extract the, the clip from from the um the dvd um uh-huh. on your website with sue and izzy yes um, izzy, yeah yeah because, and that that was um so nice and, and you could see there the really positive methods and and as you say the, the thing that fascinated me was as you said you're not putting blinkers on the dog 
Easy knew that you and your dog were there because she kept looking down, didn't she? But yeah. it was it was kind of like she chose to do what Sue was telling her to do, or you know, asking her to do. So, can can you talk us through what people can see in that that um, clip? Yeah, and that's you know, I'm glad that you were able to see that she was making the right choice um, because we do get to a point where you have to give the dog the choice. Now, you don't give the dog the choice. Like, let's say the dog bites people. Well, you don't have somebody right up in their face and then give them the choice. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm. But from a safe distance to start, let them choose. Do you really want to rah, rah, rah at that person or dog, or would you prefer to be with me and, and be reinforced and have fun? And you can see the clip with Izzy. She's like, I think I'll play with you, Mom. Yes. You know, and, and she saw that, that, you know, my dog was not doing anything threatening at all. And she knew, again, here's that trust. She knew that Mom was going to keep her safe. Yeah. yeah. So when you do that, but yeah. Now, in the beginning, when I'm working with a, with a, a new dog, I don't let them choose. We manage more. Yeah. But there does come a time, and every dog's different. Every dog's going to need a little more time or a little less time. And and it might even change from situation to situation mm. of whether I'm going to have them, the owner, move away. Like if they start, I mean... If the dog aggresses and you move away, yeah, you're reinforcing the dog for aggressing, but at least the dog won't do any damage, mm. okay? But if you're far enough away, and again, depending on the situation, I'll just say, you know what, just stand there and breathe. That's your job is to stand there and breathe. Nice, long breaths. Relax your shoulders. Send your nice, calm breath and good picture down the leash and just wait for the dog to chew. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we might do a setup where it's maybe a few feet farther away, or if the dog makes a quick choice, we might stay right where we were and then and then repeat it and see if the dog can you know hold it together. It just it depends. Every dog's a little different. Yeah, yeah. I, per- I personally usually err on the side of caution, whereas if a dog popped off and and did come you know did come back to the owner after you know a, a few seconds. I would probably say, all right, move away two feet, one, you know, two steps, one, two, okay, now let's do that again. So I would, uh, most of the time I do move away, and then, but then we quickly go back to whatever distance, and then even closer, depending on the situation. Yeah, yeah, but as you say, you set the dog to succeed, to, to you know, right. made, yeah, yeah. And in that clip, one of the things that struck me was it was very, very gradual that sort of, initially with Izzy, you were only huh? just sort of, Stepping in the door and stepping out, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, because we had worked with Izzy outside before, but this was the first time we had worked inside. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was in and out, in and out, in and out. And then once I saw that she was like, yeah, okay, whatever, uh, she didn't care, that's when I started staying in longer and getting closer. Yeah. Yeah, and the the um, caption made the point that not only was Izzy calm, but Sue was calm as well, and she was, wasn't she? You could see. Yeah, yeah, and she didn't start out that way. 
Yeah. When she first came, because I think that was her fifth or sixth uh, Reward Zone seminar, mm. um, and she comes all the way down from Canada. Wow. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, But she was very, very nervous. Very, very nervous. And so, again, a lot of what I teach is, is, is not just the dogs. It's also the upper upper portion of the leash because you've got to remain calm. Yeah. Because if you're not calm, it's nothing will get better. Yeah, yeah. And and that's partly, you know, that part of staying calm is, is <laughs> the hardest bit in, in some situations. But I guess, you know, as you learn and you go along and you, you realize what you can do, that makes the difference. Um, what yeah. sort of reception is, is the DVD getting? So far, all positive. Excellent. So far, all positive. Um, what's really, really neat, in the beginning of the DVD, the dog that introduces the DVD is actually very old footage with the old camera that is, you know, terrible quality, um, is Shadow. Yeah. So the first dog you actually see is me working Shadow back in, I don't know, early to 2003, I think. Yeah. So the quality is really, really poor, and I debated whether I should put it in. I thought, you know, I really need to because people need to see Shadow. Yeah. Because he's still extremely popular, and I miss him very much. Mm. And but I wanted people to see this is the this is the solid obedience. This is the solid foundation skills that the dogs need. And this is what Shadow had. So it's, it was really important, and I, and I wanted to... I didn't want to just tell people, either verbally or with the text, the little text boxes that I have in the video. I wanted people to actually see it. Mm. Because, you know, my definition of heel might be different than someone else's definition of heel. You know, and come, and instant response. So I wanted to... Uh, the show Shadow, but everybody loves it, and they don't care that, you know, the quality is, is less than stellar, uh, because the rest of the video is very good quality, yeah. um, but, uh, and, and they love, they love seeing Shadow, and, uh, and they just, they love it, and, and it's just been a fabulous response. Yeah, brilliant. I would imagine you're bringing hope to a lot of people. Well, I hope so. And I hope that they, because people are always in a rush. Mm. And I hope that people, one thing I learned with Shadow, every time I was in a rush, I ended up shooting myself in the foot and he would bite somebody. Mm. But if I slowed down and broke behaviors down and scenarios down into smaller pieces, I got there faster. Yeah. Yeah. So when I stopped pushing him, he made much faster progress. Mm. And because of the way, and because of the way my reward zone program is set up, it's not just feed the dog in the presence of whatever provoking stimuli. Because that's like I don't know. I I, I just don't see success with that. Mm. Um. You know, or have them in a sit day, or have the have a stranger feed your dog. It's like, yeah, you know, Shadow would take a cookie and then he would launch and bite them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's there's so much more to it. But 
what's very, very important, which I mentioned in the very beginning, it's really important to build a relationship. And you can build a relationship by doing all these fun things. Mm-hmm. Because then you get to you get to actually see that, oh my God, my dog really is normal or can be normal mm-hmm. or is fun or is smart. So by doing all of these things, you know, you're not only enriching your dog's life, you're enriching your life as well. Yeah. And yeah. I actually don't tell anybody, but I'm actually, I've started shooting a sequel to hmm. the DVD. It'll be, it'll be part two. And it was really cool because the last seminar that I did, we actually had, I think, three or four dogs out simultaneously, and I taught them all to do tracking. So I taught everybody to do tracking, and then I said, all right, we're getting them all together. Let's do it tracking together. And they were just maybe 10 feet apart, mm-hmm. and everybody was doing tracking. And they just certainly knew that the other dogs were there, and they didn't care. Yeah, brilliant. So the way that I do the desensitization program and process is by teaching 8 million really fun behaviors and, and alternate and incompatible behaviors, mm. which is different reinforcement of incompatible behaviors, DRI, or DRA, differential reinforcement of alternate behaviors. So you work with alternate and incompatible behaviors, and then the sky's the limit. Yeah. And actually, I have a little brag because Izzy, now she's still in class. She hasn't done an actual trial yet. And she is very, uh, Susan is very careful who she picks. But Izzy trains for fly ball. Mm. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen fly ball. Yes. Fast and furious. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Fast, furious, dogs crossing over jumps, one going one way, one going the other. And Susan has sent me little video clips of Izzy doing fly ball. That's brilliant. That's excellent. Because, I mean, that's the most fun a dog can have, it looks like, doesn't it? Fly ball. If they're into balls, they're into tennis balls, fly ball is it, isn't it? Right. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it's amazing what you can accomplish. Yeah. If you make it slow, if you have a plan, and that's really what... The DVD shows, is, I mean, and, and it shows different dogs of different levels. You know, there's one dog in there and one dog in Handler that, you know, just, you know, not real high level. And then you've got other dogs and Handlers that are very high level. Mm-hmm. And, but it shows you, I tried to show, because believe me, I had three two-day seminars at eight hours a day. So that was a lot of hours of footage. Yeah. But I tried to, it was too much, obviously. <laughs> but I tried to show different dogs doing different things. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you train a heel? How do you, how do you train? And a lot of this is just simple training. Yeah. How do you become a really fantastic trainer? How do you use variable reinforcement type and schedule? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you train a recall? How do you train a recall with distractions and make it fun. You know, how do you train this? How do you train that? And then show it along with the desensitization process. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we had some agility in there. You know, we had a dog doing a tunnel, and we had dogs doing skateboard and shaping cones and just doing all sorts of different things. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think when you do train your dog and when you get success like that and they're actually doing what you've asked them to do and you've communicated with them and, and you're a team, that is so, it strengthens the bond that you've got with them. It's such a wonderful feeling. Exactly. And it all builds on that trust that I'm asking you to have with your dog. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, everything is, is, is so interrelated. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get to learn to really appreciate your dogs. Like I have uh, some video on the on the sequel uh, where we all took a trail walk, mm. and it was wonderful. Where all the dogs were on the trail, all together. You know, the video is a little bouncy because I was walking, but you know, it's all right. You get the point. Yeah. And um, you know, this is this is real world. This is not edited. This is not. Uh, you know, the stuff you see on TV where all the bad things are edited out. You know, yeah. this is me really shooting the DVD. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is real life. And it was fabulous. I mean, you know, and, and the owners get to get to feel like, wow, I really do have a normal dog or, or, you know, the dog can become very normal. Yeah, yeah. I think, I really do think that when you have a reactive dog, you are desperate for help, and I think this is brilliant that, that this help is out there. Um, Pam, where can people find out more about you online? Well, pretty much everything is on my website, mm-hmm. which is www.positive, P-O-S-I-T-I-V-E, dogs, D-O-G-S as in Sam, dot com, positivedogs.com. Mm-hmm. So my 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 uh, my store has all the things that I sell, all my books and DVDs. Um, I also have on my seminars and events. I have webinars, and also for my uh, for the dogs that maybe they can't get into a group class right now because they are too reactive or aggressive. The perfect solution to get that basic foundation skills down is my online classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, and I've got five online classes. In fact, I've had some people that want to come to my Reward Zone seminar, and I have a questionnaire that I have to have people fill out. And if some of the behaviors are, you know, one to five, one is non-existent, and five is fabulous, well, if you've got really low numbers on some of these things, you can't come to the seminar. Mm. And if you want to come to the seminar, because I don't want to spend time teaching your dog how to sit, how to down, what their name is, Mm. you know what I'm saying? I I don't want to waste everyone's time and money to do that. So it's like, fine, take the class, and then you can come to the seminar. So you take the online class, you know, build up your foundation skills, and then you can come to the seminar. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise... You know, then then people were getting mad. Well, we're not working on the aggression. I said, well, we can't work on the aggression if your dog doesn't even know their name. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have the basics in place, haven't you? Yeah, you've got to have the basics in place. Mm. So, Mm. um, yeah, and so I've got, like I said, I've got my online store, I've got my webinars, and uh, my online classes. So that's, you know, good for everybody um, on the planet. Yeah. Because then you don't have to be here in Washington, New Jersey. Yes, I was going to say, we don't all have to move house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks ever so much for that, Pam, and the best of luck with, with this DVD and with the sequel. Thank you very much.
You can hear the full story of Pam's dog Shadow in episode 60 of Dogcast Radio, and we have links to that as well as Pam's Positive Dogs website, where you can find a lot more information about training your dog effectively and kindly. A big thank you to Pam for taking time out of her busy schedule to talk to me. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. I've only recently become aware of something called a tow bar dog carrier. This is a sort of platform or box which attaches to the tow ball at the rear of your car. And although it's a quite acceptable way to transport bikes or luggage, I was horrified to learn that dogs are being stuck on the back of the car in this manner. So just think, not only are they breathing exhaust fumes, they're also at risk of being way too hot or way too cold. Worse than that, though, having researched the horrendous injuries that can be inflicted on dogs who are on the inside of a car, but either insufficiently restrained or not restrained by a harness or crate of any kind, I don't even want to think about what would happen to a dog who was attached to the outside of a car in the event of a collision. If this horrifies you as much as it does me, please sign the petition to stop these awful tow bar dog carriers coming to the UK. There's a link on the Dogcast Radio site, and if you're aware of petitions in any other countries, let us know and we'll publicise those too. On to happier news now. Did you see the recent research from a team at Monash University in Melbourne, Australia? Previous studies have shown that oxytocin is involved in the human-dog bonding process, and it's thought that it's oxytocin that enables dogs to perform better than wolves at tasks like following human cues to find hidden food. The Monash University researchers wanted to see if giving dogs extra oxytocin would have any effect. They studied 62 pet dogs administering either oxytocin or a placebo, a harmless saline solution, via a nasal spray and then observing how well the dogs followed signals such as finger pointing or gazing. Oxytocin enhanced performance using pointing cues and this enhanced level of performance was maintained over 5 to 15 days time in the absence of extra oxytocin. Oxytocin also decreased aversion to gazing cues in that performance was below chance levels after saline administration but at chance levels after oxytocin administration. If you want to find out more about this, we have a link to the research on the Dogcast Radio site. And while I'm fairly sure your dog will understand your signals pretty well already, if there's a human in your life who doesn't pick up on your subtle signals, maybe consider getting them an oxytocin nasal spray. Our next show will be our Cruft special, and boy was it an eventful show this year, although sadly it hit the headlines and was splashed across social media for the wrong reasons. We'll be trying to redress that balance by bringing you some of the interesting stories that lie at the show's heart. So, until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident DogCastRadio. That's all one word, DogCastRadio. By email, you can contact me on julie at DogCastRadio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. 
All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. What do you call a sheepdog who's put on weight? A broader collie.